A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Hello and welcome to the Reverend Hunter podcast. This is Tony Jones. I'm the Reverend Hunter. Joined as always by the Gabriel to my Xena warrior princess, Brandon. <laughs> you know what? I always like Gabriel better than Xena anyways. So, you know, that works for me. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched the show all of maybe half of uh, one episode, but for sure. Yeah, I, I've never. No, I've never watched it. I just found that on a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think that show was big. What in like the mid '90s, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember the show, but I don't think I ever watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So so be it. Um, well, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. I just got back from the Boundary Waters, which is what I talked to the guest uh, about today. I guess we should say we. I took about a month off from the podcast. Um, inadvertently <laughs> well no i mean don't you you don't have to we we had a little there sure there was a little um a hardware hiccup but also i you know wasn't aggressively recording interviews or whatever and yeah a lot going on you know got got my youngest kid off to college came home been doing a lot of painting of rooms um spent some family time in the um at the cabin but then I've led two Boundary Waters trips in the last three weeks. So uh, kind of been up to my eyeballs and just doing, you know, staying busy. But yeah, it's okay. I think get a little breather. I've got a bunch of guests lined up for the fall. Uh, very thoughtful people, writers, hunters, uh, anglers. And I got a ton of hunting trips myself. And so all, you know, all is going well. Brandon, guess what? I got to see the episode of the flush television show that I'm in. Oh, you did. How was it? Oh, it's pretty good. I, I don't tell Scott, but I'll, I'll send you the link. All right. So, so you can watch it. So you can watch it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That's I'm assuming wonderful. you don't have the outdoor channel. I do not have the outdoor yeah, channel. I don't I do even not. have cable or anything. Exactly. Like. I didn't think you would. So I'll send it to you and you can see it, but yeah, I think it turned out great. And, uh, otherwise I'm, just reading the final page proofs of my book so that the publisher can make all the last little corrections on the jots and tittles and then send it off to the printer. Uh, and it'll be out in early 24. So yeah. Um, and, uh, going to theology beer camp. I think I've mentioned it before a bunch of the guys I've been to the boundary waters will be at theology beer camp. It's in Springfield, Missouri, the third weekend of, uh, October, which Minnesotans know as MEA weekend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be a good time. And yeah, lots going on. Are you, we're going to get you to shoot a squirrel at least this year. I hope so. That would be nice. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm after, looking forward to it. a squirrel or a rabbit, something along those lines. After my, I got a little Europe trip with Courtney to celebrate um, us being empty nesters. But after that, I'll be at the cabin for a bit. So we'll get you up there, put it, put at least a 22 in your hand, and see if we can't get a squirrel and throw it on the grill. Um, maybe even a grouse. You know, we'll hey, see. But who knows that'd be fantastic. And I'm not gonna let. Scott and Travis off the hook this year. We're going to get you out pheasant hunting as well. Those guys kept kicking the kick. I think we had a date planned last year in December, and then I think it got real cold, and we were all kind of like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, that's exactly what happened last year. But that that's all right. I mean, I got a really busy October coming up, but November look, looks pretty good, pretty clear to hunt. Okay. All right. All right. Um, well, well and, I'm... And- Got to yeah. remind people that uh, this episode is actually bought, brought to you by Grain Belt Premium Beer, too. Oh, dude. Grain Belt Premium. Is it the Camo Sport Hunting Pack? It is indeed the Camo Hunting oh. Sport Pack. I will have that. I'll have some of that uh, up at the cabin when you come up to visit, okay? We'll All crack right, open looking up. forward to it. Well, I, you're not really a big beer guy, are you? No, no, not in the slightest. <laughs> but okay. I, I'll drink Grain Belt. All right, we'll take a we'll take a shot of ourselves drinking Grain Belt, and we'll thank them for sponsoring <laughs> the podcast. But we really appreciate it, yeah. And if any of you other companies out there, you know, Caldera Lab has sponsored us, and now Grain Belt. If you if you're out there, you'd like to sponsor the Reverend Hunter podcast. Of course, we'd love to have you jump on board. You can get in touch with me on any of the social medias about that. Um, well, my guest. My guest today is Todd Littleton, a dear friend of mine for a long time. Um, and as I as we talk about in the interview, it's he's not somebody I knew super well because we're we're the kind of friends who see each other at conferences. You know, we kind of travel in the same professional circles, so we've known each other for many years that way. And um, but I've always stayed in touch. He's been a great friend to me. He's the pastor at Snow Hill Baptist Church in Tuttle. Uh, Oklahoma. Um, and he and his buddy Charlie drove up to the Twin Cities and joined me in the Boundary Waters last week. We had a great time. It was his first time paddling a canoe in almost 40 years. Uh, and he did fantastic, even though another guy on the trip, Jason Michelli, was giving him grief constantly. I, I really don't know why. I, I think Jason must have, I don't know, some psychological problems or something to be making so much fun of Todd. Just kidding. Jason's a great guy too. I'm going to have him on the podcast and he and Todd do their own podcast. So they're super tight friends, but they were giving each other grief. And um, Todd's an awesome guy. He's been a, a pastor for many years and been involved in the Southern Baptist Convention as a more progressive voice, which is, you know, not always a hospitable place for progressive voices, but He's really a, a, a faithful guy. There's a phrase from a, a pastor, author, Todd and I both uh, highly regard, and it's a long obedience in the same direction, which is very much, very much the story of Todd's life and ministry. So we have a great conversation. As you'll find, he's a very thoughtful guy, and I'm thrilled to have him on the podcast. So here's my conversation with the Reverend Dr. Todd Littleton who joined me in the Boundary Waters. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'd love it if you rated, reviewed, shared, and let other people know all about the Reverend Hunter Podcast. Doc, Todd, Doc Todd. Hey, Tony. 
Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss me? Been looking forward. Long, long I time do. No I do. I do. I it uh <laughs> you know, there there uh, are withdrawals going on over here, you know. <laughs> right. How how pumped was your family to see you when you rolled back into town? Uh they were pretty excited. Uh my youngest daughter especially. She's she's the one who just was sure that I was not going to come home alive. <laughs> what was her what was her concern? Oh, she she's a daddy's girl, so me being that far away where she could not uh call, text or track me was uh was a little bit more than she's used to. <laughs> oh, good. Well, it's probably good for her. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder and all that, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. She she did fine. She had a big grin. I went by and saw her last night. Saw the grand boys, so yeah. Good, good. Um what was your impression? What 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 would you say was your first impression, or or what's a memory from that first day when we paddled out into Big Sag? Do you have anything that sticks with you from that day? Yeah, I I think that one of the things that caught my attention was you know one obviously had no uh, idea what to expect, but you showed us the map and you made a reference to. This is a big lake, so I'm thinking, hmm, wonder what that means. And then when we set out, and you said we're going to paddle that direction, but I didn't know where we were going. I thought, oh, this is going to be a lot of paddling, a lot of paddling. <laughs> yeah. Second thing, I second thing though was, uh, man, it just was, it was, um, you know, I mean, it was a little windy that that first day, you know, but I, it, it was like just being surrounded by the water and the greenery on the islands and, you know, not a whole lot. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, uh, trees turning, you know, not a lot of leaves turning yet. And, uh, mm-hmm. just seeing all that green, I, I was like, well, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. I, I, one of the things I, you, stuff really comes out when you're in a, an experience like that, especially when you don't know everybody, but it's a very intense experience. Look, frankly, it's why pastors like you and me take people on mission trips overseas and stuff like that, because it's in those, you know, intense exper- experiences that we often have spiritual growth and develop deeper, you know, relationships and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, one thing I really appreciated about your personality that came out during the trip is you're like, yeah, we'll get it done. Like, <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Here we go. Let's do this portage. Let's paddle this lake. Let's, let's uh, set up this tarp in the rain. You know, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, I think I picked that up from my dad, honestly, you know, my, my dad, uh, he is the youngest of eight, a twin, and that's just what I always saw, you know, if there was something out there, something to be done, something he had never done before, something uh, he was learning, you know, there was just never a, uh, never a moment that wasn't, okay, let's get this done. What, you know, let's, let's just get this done. So, you know, and then, you know, what past, you know, you know, what pastoring's like, I mean, you, you, you can't let the, whatever task a mission trip you're leading or whatever you're doing, you can't let the magnitude of that particular event, you know, be overwhelming. You really are just have to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And 
I mean, we watched you do that. So here we go. This is what we've got to do. And when we were lagging on a portage, come on, boys, let's get going. You know, we have to, we've <laughs> got to get this done. You know, we've got to yeah. get this done. So, yeah. Um, what, if you had to choose uh, paddle or portage? Um, man, that's tough, Tony, because I really do like the woods. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, while the, you know, I, I like traveling uh, on trails in the woods without a, you know, 50, 60 pound back pack, which was <laughs> like my and Charlie's doing, but, but nonetheless, you know, I, I really do like watching, looking through, I mean, just the scenery, the trails. Um, I, I probably like that in terms of, uh, the stress on the body. I, I think they're equal, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I mean, I hadn't canoed since I was probably 12 years old. So, wow. you know, f- almost 50 years later and you're like, yeah, I don't even remember doing this. You know, it was a small, <laughs> small stream, small creek, you know, kind of thing at a, at a boys' camp, and yeah, and I'm like, wow, this is a whole different ball game. I will tell you this: uh, stem over stern. Yeah, yeah, bow over stern. I'm not like very that. good. I'm not very good with the old J J J, J uh, stroke and the C stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I got to tell you I felt on this trip like I was the best paddler I've ever been and it just led me to believe like so many things in life, you know, even even things that are part of the spiritual life like prayer. The more practice you get at it, the more natural it becomes, you know, the more um it becomes part of my bodily habit, um my muscle memory. Uh what I think what Aristotle called phronesis or what the French sociologist Pierre Bourdieu called habitus, you know, it, it really becomes part of you. And the more that I pat now I'm like, I, I told Courtney this, this morning, uh, I think I could paddle six hours a day in, in the stern. I'd, I'd have hard, I'd have a hard time being in, in the bow of the boat and having somebody else in charge, but that's just my Enneagram eightness, you know? Right. But, uh, uh, I just love to paddle, but it, it has taken me a long, I remember when I started going out there and, and, you know, I told you guys about my buddy, Brad, who kind of trained me to, um, to guide, uh, and watching him paddle and being so jealous, like it seems so effortless for him. And yet he has so much power in every stroke and his canoe is always going straight and he never seems to get tired. Um, and boy, it's taken me, I don't know, five or six years to get there. So yeah, it's, I mean, for sure, when you paddle out into big sag, you're with somebody who hasn't paddled in 50 years, you're throwing him into the, like the deep end of the lake almost literally. Yeah. You know, I think, um, that was one of the things that I thought about the entire trip. So, you know, we're taking out across that big body of water and you know, you're okay. Here's how, here's your best stroke. Here's how to get your best power. And you just, you know, paddle on the left side until you get tired and then paddle on the right side. And I I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. That pretty simple instruction, just get Mm -hmm. after it. And then you pointed and said, now watch, these guys who are zigzagging and you said this, remember that you keep it in a straight line. It takes less energy. Yeah. And so I remember that when, uh, uh, I can't remember what day I think it was the third, fourth day. And, 
who hadn't been in the uh, stern? I t- timidly <laughs> raised my hand, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and so Jason says, "Here, I'll, 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 I'll paddle for you." And I'm like, "Oh man, Our, that first thirty minutes was." I felt like Tony. If he looks back here, man, I am going to be embarrassed because I'm. We're about to do donuts back here, you know. And <laughs> so I finally got it square, and and uh, I got yeah, I got pretty good, you know. I got like you, you know. Once you get in the habit, you're doing something you haven't done, and mm-hmm. then we, I forget where we, you know, what what lake we were on, and we took. I was that cloudy, cloudy day, and and uh, and then we get up the last day, and Charlie says, "Hey, Doc, have a paddle with you," and I said, "What do you want?" I should have said, I'll be in the front. <laughs> and he, he said, oh, uh, you take the, you take the stir. And I'm like, oh, good. So it took me another 30 minutes, you know, to readjust and go, okay, got to get, got to get these strokes back, you know? So mm. I can see over time, you know, it, it coming more natural, which, you know, is the point you're making about whatever, whatever spiritual habits or disciplines we have, you know, they're all a little awkward at first. Uh, uh, sometimes they're pretty uncomfortable. They, they stretch us a little bit and then, and then, you know, the more you um, repeat that, um, even when you don't feel like it, uh, it begins to, you know, shape and form us, um, you know, in ways we couldn't imagine. And, and in this way, it was, you know, you learn some discipline, got to stay attentive, got to keep things mm-hmm. straight. Don't don't fight the wind sideways. So, yeah, I think that's yeah, a good parallel. Hmm. Um, how long have you been at your church as pastor? Uh, July was 29 years. Dang, dude. Did you have another church before that? I was in Texas okay. at old church for four years before that. And then uh, I had a small stint in Southwest Oklahoma for about a year and a half. And then my first gig was youth uh, associate kind of deal, uh, way in the way back time machine. Yeah. <laughs> at this same church? No, 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 no. Oh, no. that was different. No. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been. Yeah, you've been a solo. Have you been solo pastor? Have you do you have associates? What's the? What's no, the church we, when, I, when I began, you know, when I began, um, yes, it was uh, uh, just a solo pastor. Had a part time secretary and a part time uh, music person and a semi volunteer youth position. And then over time, we added a full time youth minister and then a full time music minister. And so that's that's pretty well where we are now. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a. Um, our, our music guys, you know, kind of a utility player. He does lots of things. And then we just, we just called, a uh, a young lady to be our youth minister at, on Easter Sunday and she's doing a really good job too. So it's the three of us and, and I've got a, got a secretary that's, you know, part-time, but yeah, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. all good. Well, what's, t- tell me, I cannot imagine having the same job for 29 years. Um, and that's just a function of my personality, um, you know, right. What's, what's kept you there? You're, you're defying the odds of the pastorate. You didn't, you know, you haven't climbed the ladder to bigger and bigger and bigger churches. You didn't quit during the great resignation. Um, what, what's kept your feet planted there? Um, I mean, initially it was, uh, at least as far as my wife and I were concerned, Patty and I were concerned, it, it was a little bit of pragmatic uh, feature, and that is we had had enough conversations uh, you know, growing up in the church and talking to other ministers that, you know, the moving around, or, or depending on 
how old your kids were, you know, sometimes it could be uh, very difficult depending on their personalities and their adventurousness, yeah, adventurousness. Uh, and so when, when we got here, you know, our hope was we, we could stay until Tommy graduated and that, that things would work and, and they could stay in the same school. She, she would have started kindergarten here and, and her oldest Kimberly would have uh, started the, she started the fourth grade here. And so we thought, well, if we could, if we could kind of see Tommy through, then, then we'll see where it goes from there. And, and honestly, um, I, I, the church has uh, uh, given us some space to be uh, uh, make mistakes and uh, also willing to receive someone who made a long-term commitment. And, and so, you know, I grew up with a pastor when I was you know, really young who was uh, to church 23 years. The fellow before me was uh, part-time, full-time combined to about 25 years. And so b- between he and I and the church is almost 70 years old, you know, we, we've got about, you know, 55 years almost of those years. And the, so the church was set up for that. You know, some churches, the church I served at right out of seminary, they were used to someone being there 18 months to three years, you know, and right. get your feet wet, get, get, get rolling. And then, you know, you're going to take off. And, and so it sort of, uh, sets the conditions where relationships don't go very deep. There's, you know, we don't want to get too close because you're going to be gone soon. And, um, and then, it, you know, then it became, you know, I, I think I can say this carefully. And then it became really, uh, uh, honestly, a loving relationship. It was, you love my family. We love you. Um, you know, it's not, it's not that there hadn't been difficult times. It's not that there hadn't, you know, been difficult relationships, but it, it always came back to the, the most important thing for us was, is, you know, we really love where we are. We feel loved where we are. And so any sort of grass is greener or how about a bigger place just, just never came into play. Hmm. Well, that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, it's, it's rare, man. It's really rare what you've done. Um, I know another I know another church that has a pastor who's been there 39 years. And I would wow. say that that place, but that place is not thriving in that yeah. case. It was kind of the path of least resistance. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we know this guy, let's just give him the big chair. Um, right. Which was, you know, I don't think it's been the best choice, but. Um, well, and, I don't want to make like, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to make like, you know, um, this is the only way I, th- I think, you know, to kind of draw parallels to our trip, you know, I got to thinking that, you know, when the day you said, okay, we could go here or here and we can do X number of portages or we could do this number and try to get where we want to get, you know, at, at the, that point you just are set in, you're going, okay, here's where we're going. And, and I think that wherever it is for whatever duration it is, I think, I think the, the level of commitment to that thing, you know, matters. And if it turns out that it's 29 years or it turns out that it's less uh, or even, you know, much, much shorter, I think, you know, keeping it, keeping ahead, here's where, here's where we're going. And I just, I, I thought several times while we were long paddles or those, that golly, that really crazy long portage. Um, I, I think that I think that um, I kept thinking of Eugene Peterson's little book on the songs of ascent, 
along obedience in the same direction. And I just, yeah. you know, I, I, I kind of thought, you know, that was a pilgrimage. That was a journey. There, there was an end, there was an end point and you didn't know what you were going to meet along the way. And, you know, when you read those songs of ascent, you know, you, you, you there's so, it's so kind of poetically descriptive of all possible pitfalls. Uh, as it, and at the same time, you know, this earnestness to get there. And, and mm-hmm. so I, I, I think whichever, pass one would take so whether you're an enneagram eight and you've, you've got a lot of different gigs and maybe at the same time or successive you know i think knowing where that is that i'm going and pointing that direction and staying after it and and and, and you you do that you know you, you you've done that i've, I've watched and followed you for a long time so in my own way in my own way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's interesting that's a great uh callback boy i haven't read that book in 30 or 40 years yeah. but what a great book about those Psalms. And you think about um, all the Israelites, you know, journeying, pilgrimaging to holy sites for the this days, the great festival days, the great celebration. We're actually, you're, you and I are recording this on Rosh Hashanah, which is Jewish New Year. And I talked to a buddy of mine who's a rabbi last night. Um, and yeah, we were talking about that very thing, the the importance of those festival days and uh, the terminus of that journey, you know. Um, it's a little different in the Boundary Waters. For one thing, you're doing a big loop. <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're <laughs> ending back where you started if, if you do it right, unless you want to, you know, park cars and shuttle between them. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's such a good point. It's It's such an important part, isn't it, of not just in Christianity, but in virtually every religion, um, pilgrimage is such an important practice. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, I think the way, particularly if, if you think about the way um, you ended on the Palisades reading uh, Sigurd Olson, and, you know, we knew we weren't long for, you know, hitting our mark and being picked up, but you know, it was one of those moments where the view is just incredible, even if it was cloudy. I mean, it's just you're standing there overlooking number of islands and and the scenery is fantastic and the cloud banks just are, uh, you know, overwhelming. And you do get a sense that, you know, we we, we did this thing. And um, so whether it is a, a journey like that or, a, you know, a part of your religious tradition, you know, there is a real sense that that at the same time you have a sense of accomplishment, you also have a sense of fulfillment. You know, I'm, hey, yeah. I, I didn't know I could do this. Uh, and and look at who we did it with. Uh, you know, you you mentioned we, we, you know, some of us knew one another for a while, but not, we, we hadn't, we hadn't shared close tents, you know, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, made, you know, made dinner and, and swung, you know, the old, um, uh, I forget what Charlie said yesterday. He told some friends about the coffee maker, you know, and he said, <laughs> he said, Doc's going to open up a coffee shop. And I, I can't remember what he named it, but it was something related to you know, the swinging can or something. Yeah, the swinging can. The yeah. swinging Billy can. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Swinging Billy can coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you, you know, um, you know, you, you meet folks, you, you've got this common aim and none of us knew what the other was, coming to those days with yeah and uh and so i, I you know i think that that 
yeah, those those moments where you can look back and go, I mean, you know, what'd you say the first first night, uh, first day was uh, we left all of that. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna focus. We, all we got's what's here, and uh, some day, some days when you you know when you're sitting there and I got a shot of you reading and Jason in the background, the water in the background, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is. You know, this is what we had, and uh, it was it was really, you know, really good. I think it was meaningful. It was it was uh, just a lot of a, a wide array of takeaways. How have you? It, one of the things that was interesting on the drive back down to the Twin Cities, Jason. And this is going to shock you, but Jason was on the phone with his wife Allie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was you know interesting overhearing him. Uh, talk about the trip a little bit. I'm sure they talked quite a bit more when he got home, but um, he said uh, he said there were just so many lakes. You know, he's saying you can hardly, you can't even wrap your mind around how many lakes there are, and um, that was interesting to me because, of course, that's uh, I don't I live around lots of lakes. You know, there's Minnesota is the land of. 10,000 lakes. So that's not the thing that strikes me necessarily, but I, I'm, you know, where he was coming from, um, he's more coming from the coast and mountains. That's, it's a different deal. I wonder when you get, when you got back to Oklahoma, um, how have you described the experience and the, the, the surroundings to people? Well, you know, I, um, I was talking to my wife and she was watching me edit photos last night till I don't know, midnight or after. And, and so I just kept trying to describe this. And, 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 and I guess the, the way that is most, was most helpful to her is, is, um, you know, I like, I like the Colorado mountains and we had gone for the first time probably 25 years ago. And when you turn, you know, when you turn off of I-25 and you head West and we, we stay on the South slope and then you get some, you get to going, uh, west and the further west she go, you start seeing things you'd never seen before. And the deep greens in the trees were just overwhelming. I mean, we've got trees here, but nothing like that. Uh, you know, in central Oklahoma, golly, we're, depending on where you live, you can almost feel like you're out in western Oklahoma, which is there's scrub oaks and, you know, tumbleweeds. Uh, mm. Eastern Oklahoma is different. And, uh, and so, you know, I told her, I said, you know, it, th that was kind of the first, first vision. And then we certainly don't have 10,000 lakes. Uh, and, and, uh, we sometimes, well, in the last six, eight weeks, we were, we were needed some rain. So seeing all that water was, was, you know, like, Hey, you know, think about looking out across, you know, one of our local lakes to, you know, where you can't see the other side and, and there, there were some moments where, you know, that's what it looked like. And uh, uh, still trying to describe the waters in the early morning and in the evening where they're so still and quiet. And you can just hear. And we talked about the loons. And she's, in fact, we were watching a show and she said, there's a loon, caught a fish. You know, we were talking about, it. you know, I said, yeah, you should. You should hear those, man. Those those birds, man. If if you didn't know, if Tony didn't tell you, hey, they got seven sounds. One of them sounds like someone's getting killed. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shrill shriek, yeah. like someone's yeah. being assaulted. You know, and and uh, 
Well, that um, is their this, call, I think, when there's like a raptor circling overhead. You know, it's their. Oh, is it really? It's oh, their version uh, of the beaver slapping its tail on the water to right. warn warn the other uh, yeah. loons like bad bad things are happening over here. Stay yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. So you know you uh, you try to approximate. You know what have you seen with that person, or what yeah. do you know that person's seen, and then try to draw some parallels, but. You know, I, f- I find it's really hard to describe the mountains uh, without someone having seen them. And I think it'd be pretty hard to really describe the boundary waters without someone actually sitting in a canoe on one of the lakes. I think you could work at it, you know, but. but uh, Yeah, it's, it's just, funny. It, it's funny. Another thing Jason said, he's like, Tony, I think you kind of undersell the portages in your like description on your website of what the trips, you know, I have a kind of a hidden page on my website for people who've registered, which you've seen, which are like, here's the packing list, you know, here's the liability forms and then just some stuff. And he's like, I think you under undersell the portages and their difficulty. And I said, well, what could I like, how could I, what could I say that would better describe them? And he sat there for a second He's like, yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) Like like, to your point, to your point, you kind of got to do it. I mean, what am I going to say? It's real slippery and you're going to be ankle deep in mud and there's going to be, you know, then a a wet, you know, there's going to be a a 20 foot stretch of jagged, wet granite threatening to break your ankles. And then, you know, then you're going to go up, then you're going to go down. (laughs) There's going to be a tree across the path that you got to, you know, shimmy under with a canoe on your shoulders. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, that is a, that's a great question. I, uh, but I, you know, um, in chapter seven of your book, you know, that was the, that was kind of mine, you know, shock from the romantic idea that, ah, oh, this is gonna be such a cool time. And, and it was that of course, but it's like, oh, well, this not, can't be too, can't be too rugged. And then it's, Someone's going to get sick, and someone's going to get hurt, and it, it, you're going to be tired, and you know. So I, th- I mean, I, I think, I think in that moment, you know, you were describing well because you know I don't think we had anyone get really sick, but you know that day when uh, Ben hyperextended his knee getting out of the boat, yeah, uh, man down, uh, who ca- who was carrying a, one of those 50, 60 pound packs was what in the world are we going to do? <laughs> you yeah. know? And so we had to, what that day we, we, uh, had guys, you know, circle back you and Jason yeah. and Chris yeah. circle back to help, you know, get those. But then he got it stretched out and finished like a champ, you know? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and I, even I, think Todd about that, that, uh, when we, when we passed American point on that first day and we pulled into that campsite for lunch, three, of the six of us fell getting out of the canoe and two of them, two of those guys were bleeding after that. that, I mean, we were, we're, we're we're three hours in and two guys are bleeding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I told Patty, I said, you wouldn't believe it. I'm getting out of the front of the canoe and my foot got hung and I slipped on a rock and first thing out of the bag, I'm just soaked. (laughs) She's laughed at me. Yeah, yeah she's slapped. Yeah, you yeah, were, that you man. Were the one yeah. not bleeding, but two of the uh, yeah. So um, yeah, 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 that's interesting. Well, now um, we read a book, and I know you you've referred to it. And you even wrote about it on your Substack. We read this mm-hmm. book in advance of the trip called "The Uncontrollability of the World" by a a German sociologist named Harmut 
Rosa, and I'll I'll put a link to that in the show notes for anyone who's interested. It's a great little book, very readable. Um, but I wonder, you know, what you think looking back, or if that book has uh, brought up other thoughts for you about the trip. Well, I mean, I I actually think it was a great uh, accompanying read for what we were doing. You know, it's I mean, for me especially, having never done this before or something like that. I mean, you know, when when I kind of had some moments of going, well, I wonder how this is going to go. My wife kept saying, "This is going to be good for you. This is going to be good for you." She knows I I like you know to got to know where things are going. I want to, I want to, I, I kind of want to know, you know, what to expect. And, um, I think had I tried to manage, um, you know, what, what Bonhoeffer calls the wish dream, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would have been a problem on the trip because I would have, my expectations would have been such that it dictated, uh, a narrow band and and so I think reading that book and then thinking about um, a wilderness area, just by definition of that term, you know, you start thinking, who, who's going to control that? Who who gets to tell the bears where to go, the the wolves where to light, you know, the beavers when to slap their tails, you know. And so now here you're out and and you're realizing that man, this the the world is is the the, the idea that we can 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 control it. In a in a consumptive capitalism is a, is just a terrible approach, and and it you know every time we turned around and and slipped on a slick rock, you know trudged through six inches of mud, you know had another two hundred feet with that pack on your back, you're just realizing you know there there you you can't control this, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so let's take let's take what we're supposed to get from it, you know. Well, let's let's take some some sense of meaning and, and let's respect what we've got. Let's respect the opportunities, the possibilities, and be a little, be a bit more open. Um, and so, you know, when you would sit down and 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 say, okay, so what what about today? You know, whether we did that every night, it didn't matter. When you did that that one time, is okay. So what is it today? What am I noticing today? And I think that was um, that was you know kind of a good intersection of all of those you know pre-existing ideas of what it would be. Reading um, Rosa's book and then having the experience, you're just like, you know, um, we we like not only to control uh, our surroundings, we like to control the people who are in our surroundings, mm-hmm. and um, and that's disastrous because we 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 then objectify. And uh, we don't allow for the possibilities of that person to be fully human and and uh, be able to receive and give, you know, what it, what is involved in those relationships that uh, um, augment and improve our lives. And and so I, I really I really thought it was a great choice um, to set be to set out in an area where it's just clearly, um, you know, you. You just cannot. I mean, when you were describing, you know, no motors, no single-use um, containers, you know, the all the all the notes, mm-hmm. so that you can let the 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 space be what it what it is. 
and I don't impose myself on it. I, I, those are some of the thoughts I had, you know, uh, you know, kind of in a rambling sort of way of yeah. kind of how all that, how all that kind of melded together. And, uh, and so I thought it was a great choice. I, I think folks ought to read it. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I'm really happy with that book, having read it twice now. And, and I think I, it will be something that uh, I'll have future groups read. And I want to use that kind of the trip and that idea of what Rosa talks about, this uncontrollability. You know, he, he actually, in the opening of the book, talks about like the first snowfall of the, of the winter, which I, you know, I share with him and I know you really don't as an Oklahoman, but uh, you know, there's something magical about it and you can't, you can't manufacture it. You can't make it happen. And when it does happen, it's, it's special. And all you can do is, you know, take it in. Um, look, you, you've been a parish pastor for nearly three decades. I, I did it for like seven years and then I did it later for about four months. So I'm quite a bit short of your, um, your tenure. I'm wondering, related to that idea of uncontrollability and then going out into the wilderness of the Boundary Waters and having, yeah, giving up your phone and cutting yourself off from loved ones and going out into a place that you don't really know, you're kind of reliant upon me to get you around and carrying canoes and packs over big portages and stuff. How does that how do I want to frame this? Like what's going on in your congregation? What are the trends you're seeing among people and their Christian spirituality? And, and are they, are we as a Christian church losing touch with uncontrollability with nature, with God's creation? You know, I've got a group of, uh, uh, senior adults who love to camp. In fact, mm. they'll take off the 1st of October and they reserve two to three weeks at a lake in eastern Oklahoma. And there's a, oh, depending on, you know, whose health is in what shape, uh, there'll be, oh, goodness, uh, a dozen to two dozen. And they build community around um, this particular campsite, shared meals, they fish together, they tell stories together, you know. And and I think that particular generation has maybe a greater appreciation because at the same time, they don't know what the weather is going to be like in 10 days. Yeah. And when you're sitting out there in a fifth wheel and you're not in a class A, and that big rainstorm, fall rainstorm comes, you know, in that class A, you can be fairly insulated. But uh, depending on the, you know, how uh, stout your fifth wheel is, it can be pretty loud in there, you know, and they don't know what to expect. And so there's, and then they get out there thinking that they're going to, you know, catch, you know, enough fish to, you know, have a church fish fry, if you will. And and then, yeah. man, no, no bites, nothing. And, <laughs> and, and so they... You know, so they, they, I think they have a greater sense of an, an appreciation for the, the cool breeze, the, the changing leaves. Um, you know, younger adults, I think, I, I think, and I don't mean to be critical, but I, I, I think they're going to the lake, for instance, is way different. Uh-huh. I think yeah. they're packaged um, 
expectations are just way different. Uh, that older group sits back. Sure, they can't do what 30-somethings and 40-somethings can do, but, but, but they, they sit back and take in. And I hear other stories, and, and know, i got lots of friends who, who go a lot younger, and it's how busy can we pack this time? Mm. And and so I think uh, you know a couple of young guys love the love their front decks with a cup of coffee early in the morning before the day gets rolling. So I think they're trying, but I think the demands placed um, by our culture and the the, the cultural expectations um, of, of busyness uh, of of consuming experiences, I, I do think it wars against sort of this you know, uncontrollability and this, this disconnect from creation that, uh, you know, I, listen, I tried to sit on the back porch to uh, have this conversation with you and the, the locusts were too loud. <laughs> and I thought, I damn, thought, damn how, how are they going to, how are they going to edit that out? It's going to be a constant <laughs> hum, you know, that's what happens this time of year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and but but that's where I wanted to sit. It's nice and cool. It's not 105 anymore, you know. And and I just that's one of our safe places. We we mm. like to sit out and and mm. and I I think that uh, yeah. And and then I think you know keeping it on sort of a in the, that sort of Christian context. I, I I think I think we've controlled our church experiences, and I'm I'm not terribly you know. I don't know what word to use. Charismatic, and I'm not, or or, or maybe I'm not. Uh, I don't lean as maybe heavily as I, you know, might be better for me into kind of the mystical. But I do think that we, I do think we've kind of controlled the religious experience, and I, I don't, I don't think we've, and I think that's when dissatisfaction sets in. You know, I, I have this controlled idea of what this should be, and it's not. And disillusionment is easy, and skepticism is right on its tail, and and um, I think we we get locked into thinking that uh, well, man, what I was given is the way it is. Instead of no, wait a minute, maybe I should step back, and maybe I should take those songs of ascent, and I should think about what does it mean to have a moonstroke, um, and and so yeah, I, I I do think we've, you know, what we were talking about on our trip, you know, the the. Um, Oh come on! We were doing the uh, Marshall McLuhan. Um, oh yeah, the medium, yeah. The medium, the medium is a message. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think that we've, I think maybe we've obscured the message, huh? By the medium, yeah. That's that's interesting. Do you do you find yourself fighting that from the pulpit, or when you're working with small groups, or in pastoral counseling, or what? Yeah, I think I I think we you know you know nobody likes direct. I mean you now you eights like direct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys like direct, but but people don't tend to be as responsive to direct unless they're in a situation like we were thrust into in the boundary waters. You know, listen, I didn't know what to do. You could have told me I need to stand on my head in order for us to do something. I've been ready to try to figure out how to do. I'm going to stand on my head because I <laughs> I didn't know that. But but I think when people have some familiarity, you know you. You've got to find some subversive things. That's the other. That's the other essay I really liked from. Uh, um, um, I think it was Peterson, uh, mm-hmm. the, the subversive pastor, and I read that golly thirty years ago, I think. And I got to thinking, you know, you're not you're, you're not being deceptive, but you just know that people don't really appreciate 
a frontal uh, yeah. on their ideologies or their pet uh, ideas. And if, if they can be led in a, in a kind of a, well, I think the way Jesus taught, you know, kind of a, here, I'm going to do an end around because you're, you're not getting it straight. And every time he told, for instance, the Pharisees straight, they, they didn't quite seem to get it on the straight side. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I, I think you, you have to kind of address it, whether, whether you're, you know, counseling someone about their, their future or, or you're, you're, you know, trying to help folks read the, the scriptures may be different than they had thought uh, in, in a way that, well, that's just plain. Well, okay, how plain is it? Let's talk more about it, you know, or mm-hmm. or from the pulpit. You know, you, you have these expectations that when you read this particular text, that this is what, it, you know, what you're supposed to do with it. Well, maybe it's supposed to do something to you, you know, instead of you do something to it or with it. So, yeah, I, th- I think you have to, I think you have to work all the angles. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting and not surprising coming from you and your, you know, long obedience in the same direction. Ho in another, oh. another, <laughs> another uh, yeah, another Peterson. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Another Peterson book title, right? But uh, that there's some great wisdom in that, you know, and it's probably not the way I do it, which I think is. I think is why, I mean, this is maybe just occurring to me, but it's it's probably why my form of pastoring or leadership best takes place like in the boundary waters over the course of five days. Because, um, you know, when you're out there, probably uh, people get have a little more uh, grace for me, like just getting up in their grill <laughs> about yeah. something and doing right. it more directly. You know, come on, right. fellas, here we go. Got to keep rolling or, you know, um, you know, even by the, I don't know, by the, by the fourth night, um, you know, confronting, getting in a little, not an argument exactly, but, you know, having some, having, having a, a a strong conversation with somebody on the trip who was talking about different ideas about this or that. And, you know, you get to know each other in this concentrated environment in the boundary waters over such a short period of time. And there's no escape, man. I mean, I guess you could escape to your tent, but as we've (laughs) found with the snoring, that's not, it's not really, they're not soundproof. (laughs) No, 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 they're not. And you don't want to sit on the And when it's raining and when it's raining and all, all six of you are under a tarp, uh, that's, you know, there it's like, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about now. Right. That, uh, we're going to get right into it, roll up our sleeves, but yeah, I can see, uh, you know, over the course of a church year or whatever, or over the course of pastoring somebody uh, to somebody over many years as they're one of your parishioners, that's, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a different, that's a very different kind of dynamic. But, you know, I, you know, I, I think they're also though have to be times, and this is something I've learned, there have to be times where you have to be able to, in that same setting, to say, now look, this we're going to address this head on. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything can't be handled in relationships subversively. You, you have to address some things head on. And I think the, the value of whether it's, you know, a, a accelerated uh, depth of relationship out in the wilderness or 30 years with a group of people, you, you pick up when, you know, we need to do this, you know, Hey, there are three canoes out there. 
you all are standing here. I don't know what you're doing, but we got to make room for those people. So come on, get, get the stuff in the canoes and let's get rolling. You know, you have to say from time to time, even, even when pastoring, you don't want to hurt feelings. Sometimes you have to say, look, this isn't good for you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, 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 uh, so I, I don't think it's a necessarily an, an either or. I think there are times, you know, I, I think there are times. I mean, listen, I, I, I watched you during that trip respond to each of us in ways that seemed to be most effective. And I'm not saying we were coddled or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, you happen to know someone that was on our trip longer than you knew anybody else. Mm-hmm. And we all learned you know, if you're going to, you know, one, you know, if, if Jason and, and, and Ben are going to talk a particular subject after the lights go out, you know, <laughs> hey, keep it down, you know, right. um, you know, yeah. so you have to you have to know when, hey, uh, you need shush, you, you, you're, you're keeping everybody up, you know, or, yeah. or hey, no one, someone's got no one wants to hear your political that's debates. That's right. <laughs> or, or, or someone's a little bit anxious because, man, we. We have yeah. been wet. Everything's wet. It's rainy. And okay, hey, it's going to be okay. It, it, yeah. You know, you get what you need. Take care of what you need to take care of. Don't worry about every. You know, you don't have to accommodate everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes sometimes you have to, you know, be that, you know, hey, address that specifically and directly. So I don't want to make it, yeah. you know, say that eights can't be pastors. That's not true. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I tried. <laughs> um, last question. Yeah. Doc, uh, will you be talking about the trip on Sunday morning to your congregation? And if so, what do you think you'll say? Yeah, I, I, I've been actually thinking through that. You, you asked that, on, and I had not thought exactly how to do that. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think probably, um, in fact, I wrote, I, I send out a little, Substack to our church uh, mm-hmm. once a week, kind of in anticipation of Sunday, you know, and and uh, one of the hardest things for people to grasp that maybe don't do some of the reading you do or I do or others is is and and especially for evangelicals, uh, there's this resistance to the idea of systems that are in play or systems that are at work. And, and so when you start thinking about, and I did a little more reading after the fact on, um, you know, the two uh, legislative acts that secured the boundary waters yeah. and their protections and the whole uh, interest to maintain an, e- an ecosystem that, that, that's thriving. And then I saw where they're trying to add a couple more parcels of land that it will expand to 1.1 million acres. And, and, and so it, it just kind of extend that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I think that, you know, we are introducing um, things into that system when you and I go. And yep. what we're trying to say is we're, we, we don't want to dis- disrupt it. Yeah. Um, and I, I'll probably, you know, kind of use that because I, I am sometimes, Jason, I will do the similar um, series and talk back and forth about it, you know. And I'm, I'm also in Revelation. And, and, and there's, there's a spot in there about about systems and, but people wouldn't read it that way. But I think there's a way to talk about how there are certain systems that are always in play against us. And, uh, and we have to be able to be discerning, um, 
boundary waters is not working against us. We're actually sometimes working against it. Yeah. And these other systems that we battle and face, uh, we have to be discerning because sometimes we actually uh, participate in creating those systems that actually cause harm, that actually aren't don't don't produce flourishing, that actually, you know, poison that that water we can drink right out of the lake. And uh, uh, we need to we need to know how to discern that, and then um, where in the boundary waters, you know, we want to leave no trace. Really, the mark we want to leave is is a, a trace of what a witness to God's faithfulness in Jesus looks like. Hmm. And we don't need to leave a trace where we're bombastic and, and, you know, where we're always torching somebody or deriding someone or tearing them down. But, you know, what sort of trace can we leave where we can point to the, their flourishing? And, and so yeah. I'll, I'll probably kind of work, you know, a couple of funny stories like me falling in, you know, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and uh, try to have them imagine me, you know, carrying a pack 1,500 feet. You know, that, that would, they'll probably get a big laugh out of that, you know. but. <laughs> But that's probably those will probably be some ways I, I try to make a connection uh, with, yeah, um, you know those sort of earthy sorts of things tend to connect rather than me saying, well, you know, I read in this book um, about yeah, how these yeah. systems work. No, you yeah. guys, you guys know, so yeah. Well, we definitely did not um, change the Boundary Waters ecosystem by taking any fish out of that ecosystem. <laughs> We did not. My, my, my wife, that's the first thing she said. Did you catch any fish? I said, well, Tony caught a smallie and yeah. we caught a bunch of stuff on the bottom of the lake. And part of, part of one of your rods, I think, might be in yes, uh, part yes. of the Boundary Waters yes, ecosystem. Yes, that's ex- that, is, that is. Jay was funny. Jason <laughs> turns around and says, uh, Todd, the, the handle fell. Okay, we'll, we'll put it back on. No, no, it fell in the water. I'm like, oh, <laughs> going to be tough that's to probably, reel in that big lunker. That's, that's, no. that's right. That's that's probably on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, I'm so glad you went. It's just, it was great. I mean, we've been friends for many years, but you know, we we're con we're pastors conference friends. Yes, right. We yes. we see each other yes. at a pastors conference, or yes. we send a text message or DM yeah. here and there. But yeah, it was great to spend a week with. Yeah. Well, the the uh, feelings mutual. It was fun. It was good. You did a great job and uh, lots of memories to hold on to.